Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon. And I got to tell you, this is probably the most unique interview we've done. Um, and, I, and we've done 80 plus interviews. Uh, this is going to be exciting, particularly if you care at all about your customers. Um, and I know that you do. So uh, pay attention. If you're not driving, go get a, a pad of paper and, and take some notes as we go through this, uh, because I think you're going to learn a lot from our guest today. Our guest is Jesse Cole. He is the yellow tux guy and founder of Fans First Entertainment. He's the owner of the Savannah Bananas uh, baseball team. And uh, what, what's really interesting, if you haven't heard of him before, you've got to go look him up. Uh, what's really interesting about what they're doing is they've brought more than 1 million fans to their ballparks. He's been featured on MSNBC, CNN, ESPN. And for a, a minor league baseball team, they've got sold-out games now for two, two straight seasons and a waiting list for tickets in the thousands. And, uh, and Jesse, I am super excited to, to have you here. Uh, I know there are some NFL teams that can't boast what you can boast uh, and some major league baseball teams that can't boast that what you can boast. And uh, so welcome to the unstoppable CEO. Oh, I'm excited to be with you. And, and you call me the most unique guest. I'll, I'll tell you, I'm a fan of the show. You've had some great guests and I may be the only one with a yellow tuxedo. So I'll definitely give you that. Yeah, I, I think that, that, that is certainly true. And uh, I know as we, as we go forward, I want to talk a little bit about what you're doing with Fans First Entertainment. I want to make sure we talk about your book because I think that's going to be really helpful for people. So before we get into all of that, I would love it if you'd give everybody that's listening just a little bit of your background beyond you know, the, the stuff that's in your bio. Help them understand how you got to this stage in your career. Of course, you know, I've been on a wild journey. Uh, it was a love of baseball that started when I was a kid. My father bought a baseball facility up in Massachusetts so I could actually go there and practice. And I was there all the time and just fell in love with the sport of baseball and was fortunate to get a college scholarship, went down to Wofford College in Spartanburg. And by my third year, I tore everything in my shoulder. And that ended uh, my whole dream of playing professional baseball. And so I thought I was going to get into coaching and I, I went into it and I realized something just coaching for a short period of time that I loved playing the game, but I hated watching the game. And I thought the game was too long, too slow and too boring. So what did I do? I took a job actually working for a baseball team uh, at 23 year old, 23 years old. I became a general manager of a small team outside of Charlotte, North Carolina that was failing. And I realized that we had to turn it into something different. And the question that I ask right now is when I'm talking to business owners is, what business are you in, but what business are you really in? And I learned right there in Gastonia, North Carolina, with a team that was failing, 200 fans coming to the games. I mean, there was only $268 in the bank account on my first day. I mean, it was, it was the worst, Steve. And I realized that we had to make it all about entertainment. And that was the business we're in. And I, we started putting on a show. I mean, literally, our players started doing choreographed dances. We had grandma beauty pageants. Uh, flatulence, fun nights. I mean, you name it. We tried everything and we learned it started to work. And so we built that team up, eventually bought it, just recently sold it, and then came to Savannah, Georgia, where a professional baseball had been there for over 90 years, but it failed. They couldn't draw fans. And so professional baseball left there. And us at the lowest level of baseball, college summer baseball, decided to throw our hat in the ring and give it a shot in Savannah, Georgia. And, uh, what happened was a complete struggle in the beginning. You know, we couldn't sell any tickets, but then we went all in on creating attention, creating the best possible fan experience. And 
it has been a roller coaster, but you're right. It sold out every single game, a wait list in the thousands. There's scalpers outside of games, and it's something based on creating this, what we call the fans first experience. And so that is the, the short uh, Spark Notes version. And today, just fortunate to be out, you know, speaking with groups, working with them on how to create this amazing experience and how to create some attention and have fun. So that's, I'm living the dream, having a lot of fun, but uh, still learning every day. It's, it's a journey with a lot of challenges, I'll tell you that. You know, you said something really important and you, you kind of went past it really quickly, but um, uh, that may, may turn out to be the quote of the episode. I don't know. Uh, you said that, that it, you know, it's one thing to, to know what business you're in, but you got to ask the question, what business are you really in? Mm. And that, that really resonates for me. Um, I, my background is I, you know, I came from uh, a technical field and, and owned a business in engineering. And, you know, it's easy for folks who go to school and get an education and, and have all that background to say, well, I'm in this business. Mm. And one of the key things that I think made us successful uh, in that business is we always elevated that question. You know, we said, okay, yeah, we do this stuff, but nobody really cares about that. Nobody buys that. They're buying this other thing over here. Uh, and it was a little bit different for every client. And I think for folks listening, that's a really, really important question. I'm glad you shared it. Mm, definitely. So, you know, th this has clearly not been an easy road. If you started, you know, with, with under $500 in a bank account and you're, you know, the company that you had it at your very first job and you built that up, to, to success and, and uh, ultimately sold it. And now you've started again in an area where there was a failing team and, and now you've brought that to success. That's not an easy road. I, I wouldn't imagine. No, what? It was, it was, it was, it was brutal. I mean, it was, I mean, my wife and I, three years ago, we were sleeping on an airbed. We had to sell our house, empty out our savings account. I mean, it was an unbelievable struggle, but I wouldn't have had it any other way. And I know when you talk to entrepreneurs, it's going through those challenges that made us, you know, really go all in on the experience and believe in what we were doing. And, you know, that's, that's been the road for us. And it's really come into this fascination of loving your customers more than loving your product. And when we shifted that, that's how we've been really able to stand out with everything we do. So when, when you were going through those early days, what, what kept you going? What was it that you, you said, hey, we've got something here and we just need to persevere with it? You know, I say it all the time, but whatever's normal, do the exact opposite. And we realized we had something that wasn't normal. We just had to create a tension. And, you know, I think normal gets normal results. And what we realized is that to many people, baseball was long, slow, and boring. And everyone was competing on the same thing, wins and losses. Well, we don't want to play the same game. You know, in the beginning, I was trying to break the rules. Now we're just trying to make our own rules. And we're competing solely on the entertainment experience with ourselves. And what happens is when you focus so much on, I mean, during our games, our players do choreographed dances. They hand out roses to little girls in the crowd. We have a senior citizen dance team called the Banana Nanas, a break dancing first base coach who dances in the middle of the game, a pep band. We're so focused on the show experience. What happens is we fill up our stadium and the players end up playing better because of the atmosphere. And then the wins, losses, revenue, everything else takes care of itself. So we knew we were doing something that was abnormal. That was unlike anyone else. We just had to be able to create the attention and get them to see it. And uh, once they were able to see it, we've been very, very fortunate. And we're still learning. We have a 1926 ballpark. I mean, it's one of the oldest ballparks in the country. And it, and it has its challenges, but people don't notice it. They focus on the fun. And 
you know, I think every business, you know, put on a show and you're, you're always on stage. And that's what we try to teach our people is that it's always showtime every single day. And, you know, that's what's pushed us to believe in it because we knew it was something different than anyone else was doing. I'm curious, how on earth did you get baseball players to do choreographed dances? I mean, when you went in to have that conversation with them in the locker room, the, the, the response couldn't have been, oh, yeah, that's the greatest idea ever. I mean, there, there had to have been a little pushback. How would you convince them to do it? In the beginning, there was complete pushback. I mean, unbelievable. I had guys walk away and say, we're not doing it. But what happened was the players that were doing it were the most popular players, signing the most autographs. Everyone loved them. And so everyone wanted to be a part of it. And then, you know, 2009, we had Russell Wilson, the quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks, play for us, our team in Gastonia. And even he danced during the game. And when he was dancing, everyone was like, wow, if Russell's doing it. And so it's, it's all about building the culture. It, it, yes, it's extreme, it was extremely difficult in the beginning. But now people know that's who we are. That's, that's what we do. And I'll tell you, I, I channeled a little bit of myself playing baseball. You're sitting in the dugout and you're playing a long season. I mean, you play college ball, then the summer ball, you're playing 100 plus games. The games do get long, they get boring. But if you can have a little fun, it makes it all worth it. And we tell the players, we want this to be the most enjoyable, best summer of your life. But to make that happen, you have to embrace it. You're going to get uncomfortable. And the guys say, you were right. It was uncomfortable, but by the end of the summer, we wouldn't have done anything different. And so now they know that, and we train that from the onboarding. The first day, like anything, we onboard our players and teach them the experiences and tell them stories and show them videos. And we give them the fans' first playbook on who we are. We don't just treat them like players play for a summer. They're part of our entire culture. So it starts from the first day we bring them in. Yeah, and you know, in, in talking with business owners, what I, what I hear over and over again, anytime they're looking at doing something a little bit outside the box or unique, um, there's always that pushback from, from their existing mm. staff, their, their team, because you know, there's, it, it takes a leap of faith that's different. And, you know, people often will think, well, you know, how is that going to work or how is it relevant? Um, how, how did you, what kind of conversation had to happen? I mean, because you haven't, you didn't just have that with players. You had to have that at all levels, I would think. How did you get, get the, those people to buy in? You know, I, I believe if you're, not, if you're not getting criticized, you're playing it too safe. And, you know, this is a guy, I, I wear a yellow tuxedo. I own seven of them. I wear them all the time. And I know I get criticized for it, but it's something that we've seen to stand out and be different. That's where you can really have breakthroughs. And so to get buy-in, it's easier to get buy-in now because of the results. You know, now when, when you're selling at every game and the only one at this level doing it, it makes it easier. But, you know, it's the conviction. It's the business of belief. You know, I, in the office, I constantly talk about those fans' first moments, and I make sure people understand the purpose of what we're doing. And I share, you know, we've had so many stories about how we've brought families together, and we've had tragic incidents where, you know, families have lost a special one, but the games have cut their family together. And we share those stories. And we say the only reason we're able to achieve this is because our games aren't like just a regular baseball game. We're creating fun. We're creating memories. We're creating excitement that people aren't used to seeing. And so when you share those with your staff, your players, your vendors, everyone you're working with, they want to be a part of it. And they're like, okay, I understand. This isn't like everyone else. And so that's big into us. You know, I think every company has their core beliefs, but do they have actually a story, a storyboard where they keep all of their stories and the ones that really, uh, you know, bring the staff together and bring their customers together. Stories are everything for us. And we call them fans first moments. 
And after every game we share, everyone goes around and shares their fans' first moments that they were either created, they saw, or they were a part of. And so when people understand the deep purpose that goes into all that, they understand, hey, we're going to get wild. We're going to do things that don't make sense. We're going to do things that are crazy. But it's all to get these 4,000 people to feel like they're a part of something when they're coming to the ballpark. That's amazing. So we're going to come right back. I know, um, I, I don't know about you, but I've got some notes going on the side. If you're listening, you should probably be taking notes unless you're driving. Uh, we're going to come right back with more from uh, Jesse Cole. And, uh, and Jesse, when we come back, I want to dive into your book and really kind of that and, and the, the great things you're doing with events. So we'll be back in just a second. Hi, this is Steve. I hope you're enjoying this interview. We've got more to come in a minute, but what I'd love for you to do right now is rate this podcast. Leave us a review, rate us on iTunes. It'll really help others discover the podcast and help us help other CEOs, other business leaders become unstoppable. So if you go to unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes, you can find instructions there and links that will take you right to where you need to go to review the podcast. Thanks so much. Now back to the interview. Hey, welcome back. This is Steve Gordon. I'm here with Jesse Cole. He is the man in the yellow tux. And uh, Jesse, I want to kind of pivot a little bit and talk about the new book that you have out and talk about the work that you're doing outside the ballpark with, uh, with your company, Fans First Entertainment, and, and, uh, and really the message that you're trying to get out to business owners. So what's the best place to begin? Where, if, if somebody's listening to this, they've never heard of you before, what should they know first? <laughs> uh, you know, I, really, I'm just someone that's, that's enjoying the show, is along for the ride, and is just trying to have the time in my life while sharing things. And uh, if you follow search Jesse called the Yellow Tux Guy, you'll find I'm documenting everything. I'm sharing the journey of, of running baseball teams, but more just running these experiences that we're trying to create. And, you know, that's, you know, I try to keep things simple. And, you know, our whole company's name is Fans First Entertainment. Our mission is Fans First, entertain always. And every decision we make, we ask ourselves, is it Fans First? And so how I'm working with businesses now is I'm just asking those questions. You know, what makes you different? What makes you stand out? And how can you create the best fan experience in the world? And, and not just think about them as customers. Think about them as fans. And so... I'm along for the journey. We're learning new things every day. Uh, the book has been uh, really an unbelievably rewarding experience. Uh, find your yellow tux. And I share how anyone can be successful by standing out and share the journey. Um, but, you know, I mean, really, it's, I keep things simple. You know, love your customers more than you love your product. Love your employees more than you love your customers. And just have fun. And when I put those together, it's, you're able to put on a show every day. It's, it's an amazing ride and that's what we're doing. We're having the time of our life. Well, a couple of things, you, you mentioned the word, you know, simplify and, and a couple of things jumped out at me in the book. And uh, one is, is the message to simplify, simplify, simplify. And the other is the long game. And I would love for you to, to share with the listeners how those play out and, and, and how they might be able to apply those two ideas to get a better experience for their customers, their clients. Sure. Well, I think it starts at the top. You know, what's, what's the mission of the company? What's the vision? Um, what are the core beliefs? And that sounds so simple, but my question is how many people can actually know that and they're part of their organization? And we actually simplified it so much. Our core beliefs, we go by the alphabet and it's kind of a guideline for our people. Always be caring, different, enthusiastic, fun, growing, and hungry. 
And we reward that constantly with everything. I mean, first, when people get onboarded, we actually have them do a fan's first essay on how they fit to all six of those core beliefs. We have them do a future resume, not their past resume, a future resume. We want to know what they plan to do in the future because that will show us, are they actually growing and hungry? If they want to stay at the same position, then that doesn't matter as much and they're not growing and hungry. And then the final thing, we look for a video cover letter. We want to see their enthusiasm. We want to see how fun they are. We want to see their energy. So it starts from the beginning process when we bring people on board. And that's for even game day staff, part-time employees, interns, not just full-time employees. And then we're actually now doing profit sharing where every week we have our people write what was something they did that was fans first and what was something they saw someone else do fans first. So we've kept our vision, our core beliefs, and our mission in our everyday life of how we bring people on board and our employees that are part of us. So, you know, we're talking about simplifying, you know, what do you stand for? Who are you? Can you simplify it? Because if you're just trying to bring in revenue or grow, you need to be more than that. We have all millennials on our staff, 22 to 27 years old, and they want purpose. They want meaning. They want to feel like they're making an impact. And I feel we've been fortunate to learn this because we've had zero turnover since we started. And millennials, as you know, Steve, they're, they're leaving businesses every 13 months is what I saw the recent statistic. So, you know, that for simplify, I think it starts at the top. What is your business? What do you stand for? and simplify it as few words as possible. I think Jeff Rosenblum said it best, whoever says the most and the least amount of words wins. And that's how we try to keep everything just to fans first. So that's, that's the simplify part if you wanna go into more of that or you wanna go into the long game. But uh, obviously that's a big part of what we're trying to do. Well, and, but you, you start at the top, which I think is, um, that's a huge lesson for all of us is to, it's so easy, particularly with, you know, a lot of the, the businesses that we work with where the, the CEO, you know, the founder of the business, the, the principal of the firm um, is generally a, a pretty smart person. Um, they've probably got, you know, a, a pretty lengthy, you know, educational background and, um, and, and are highly skilled at something. And it's so easy. Uh, and I'm speaking really about myself here, I think, mm. you know, it's so easy when you've got that kind of a background to think I got to make it more complicated. Mm. You know, I've got to add all these layers in I, because I have the capacity to do it. I got to add them in. And, and, um, and, and I love the message that you have. It's just like strip it down to the bare bones. What are you actually here to do? What is the, the, at the end of the day, what's the result you're trying to create for someone? 100%. Um, and so I, I get that at the top level. Is it difficult then? Have you found it difficult to then push that down all the way through the organization so everybody gets it? Yes, it's, it's certainly a challenge. And I think that's why I believe in working with the leadership, you know, as much as possible. We have now 15 full-time, about 150 part-time. And I've realized my biggest job, my most important job is to focus on the who and the where and then bring people to, in to focus on the what and the how. So the who is the right people, the right place, the where is the vision, where are we going? We actually worked with Cameron Harold on the vivid vision to create our plan for the next three years and reverse engineer it. And I'm sharing that over and over again and working on our people where they are focusing on how to implement it and focusing on what to actually do. And, you know, I think a lot of times CEOs get in the middle of trying to do everything. They're focused on the what, the how, the who, the where. Well, it's impossible to do that in a great job and be able to actually keep your sanity is what I've learned. And so, yeah, I mean, I think the key is, is being repeatable over and over and over again on who you are, what you stand for, what the, the stories are that matter most. 
when I give speeches, I bring our team to the speeches. I record them. I share it with the team so they can hear me saying the same message over and over again. So they embody it and they're implementing it. And I, I think leaders, if they keep shifting on what they stand for and, and what matters to them, then they're going to have a, a whole group below them that has no clue where to go, what the next steps are. I share the same things. It's, it, I mean, our staff can repeat me. Literally, they'll start sit, acting like me. They'll, they'll do imitations of me in the office, which, is, which I think is actually great because they know what we're, what we're about. Yeah. And I mean, anytime you can get the message to that level where they can repeat it is a good thing. Um, you know, it, in, in our current company, we've got a relatively small team, but my first business we had um, at, at our largest, we were just under 50 people. Yeah. Um, and I was shocked at the number of times that I had to repeat myself. I think for a lot of business owners, that's the case that you feel like you've said this 10,000 times already and you're bored of it already. You know, in, in, in other words, you've, you've heard yourself so many times, but, but there's magic in that repetition for your people. Mm. It, it well, and, and what, yeah, sorry. I was just saying, what's the decision filter? You know, for us, I, I tell everyone, guys, is it fans first? If you want to spend $500 on a customer because you believe it's a real fans first thing to do, I will always bless that and say, go ahead and do it. And so when you can make your decisions filter, you know, go through very easily, that's when you can have magic and the company can really grow. When they have to come to you and say, Steve, what should we do here? What should we do here? What should we do here? But if you could find a simple filter, that's, that's been a game changer for us. Yeah, that's brilliant. So let, let's kind of turn attention and talk about the long game. Um, I, I think that is something that, that people really talk about a lot, but mostly ignore. Um, how have you looked at, at kind of the time scale of the way you're, you're playing out all the things that you guys are implementing? Mm. This is what I struggle with the most. And, you know, I think when you talk about, you're talking about how you started the podcast and one of your goals, it was also to help, help you. And I think a lot of these things that we do can help us. And I wrote that chapter about the long game because I know that's something I need to continue to put in my forefront. And, and remember, you know, we are playing the long game. And I think so many entrepreneurs, myself included, are so focused on, you know, what are we doing next? What's next? What's this short, what's this growth we're looking for? How do we make a jump? And I got to continue to sell myself to be patient. And on the back of our fans first playbook, it says, be patient in what you want for yourself, but be impatient in how much you give to others. And I believe that so much, but the certain days I'm like, oh, we got to make this jump. We got to try to change the game of baseball even faster. So, you know, I keep telling myself the three P's, patience, perseverance, and persistence. And you put those together. I think that's can make you realize uh, the long game, everything will take care of itself. If you continue to put those P's in front of you and, and realize, you know, focus on long-term values and not short-term profits. So many of us are driven by those short-term profits. Ooh, you know, we could grab some sales there. We could grab some sales there. We're focused on the long-term values of the company and to be the most fan-centric company in the world. And we're not going to go for short-term profits. And we need to continue to repeat that over and over again for even me to learn that and share that with our team. You know, it, it's really hard to make that case though. I mean, everywhere you turn, it seems like there's another overnight success. Mm. Now they might not all be real, you know, you never know in, in, uh, you know, the, the world of internet famous, but, um, it, it's, I think it's really hard sometimes to, to sort of steel yourself against that. Mm. Um, and I appreciate you sharing the fact that, that, yeah, you've got to check yourself on that sometimes. I mean, it's really easy to come on a podcast interview and say, yes, you should play the long game. And it's really, really easy to do. And it's the right thing. But the fact that you've got to remind yourself of it. I mean, I think that helps all of us understand, you know, it, it's a constant thing. It's like, how are you making these decisions? 
Yeah. And I think one of the biggest killers of the long game is the comparison trap, especially today. We are so focused and it's in front of us every single day, the success of others and people in our same fields or other fields just climbing to ranks that we never even imagined. And that makes us want to get there even quicker to, to, to see that. And I keep telling myself, you know, focus more on your customers. Don't focus on your competitors and stop, stop comparing because it's so easy to get in that comparison trap and see everyone, the Joneses that are doing so well that that'll make you focus on short-term growth instead of your long-term values and long-term plans. So it's a constant reminder. And I think if you catch yourself comparing to others, that's going to be something that kills your focus on the long game. So you've got huge success with the Savannah Bananas. You've got big success with your new book, Find Your Yellow Tux. And I know that when you're not running baseball games, you're out helping businesses create exciting events and, and, uh, and working with business owners. Tell us a little bit about that work, um, that part of your world, and, and, and how you're helping businesses there. <laughs> it was about four or five years ago, I got asked to give a speech um, at actually a Profit First event, Mike Michalowicz, who I've got to know pretty well. And he had me keynote the event and it wanted me to just talk about standing out and being different. So I called it Find Your Yellow Tux and it was a group of <laughs> about 150, 200 finance people, accountants, people that had never seen a baseball entertainment game. And I was fortunate, I, give, I gave the speech and the reception was blew my mind. And so after that, I said, you know what, there's a message here that this can you know, work with any field. And so the book took off from there, started writing it, working with the publishing, working with the team. And since then, it's been interesting. You know, the groups that I've worked with, I've spoken to schools, different businesses, entrepreneur groups. And what has really resonated is, is the fans first experience and mapping the journey from the fan, from the first time they interact you on your website, for the first time they come to your spot, the first time they work with you till the last time or until the last, you know, experience and whether the last impression leaves a lasting impression is something I always say. And, you know, it's, it's, it's resonated. And I think why I love it so much is because you can see like a home builder company that I work with create an experience that is just mind blowing from literally when the first time someone buys a house with them, they get an iPad, they get a cooler, they get a video center with them, everyone's celebrating. Then they even have brought couples in to have a special anniversary dinner and they're not even framed house yet set up with roses and, 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 you know, their perfect music and they have a red carpet when they close the house and have champagne toast and they've mapped this experience from the beginning to the end. And that's something we pride ourselves at our ballpark. I mean, we call every single person that buys a ticket from us and give them a thank you. Just not calling to say something went wrong, calling to thank you. And we literally set up our pep band to greet them when they leave. And, you know, we have our staff out and our players thanking the fans. And it's everyone can do that. You think about every touch point with your customer. Is it wowing them? When they first buy from you, is it a fun email? Is it a video? Or is it just a confirmation? You know, we, we go attention to detail on all of that. And it's been a joy to work with these companies because I'm learning every time. I'm like, wow, that's a great idea. We should do that at the stadium. And uh, that's what I love more than anything. And combining that with loving your employees more than your customers, we take so much pride. And we say the word love, Steve. We're not afraid about it. I think love needs to be used in business more. And, and we uh, really, really love our employees and try to make it the best possible experience for them as well. Can I put you on the spot? Of course. You, you don't have a choice, right? Because I just put you on the spot. <laughs> I'm on your show, my friend. <laughs> that's right. So you just mentioned uh, two, two words that I think are, are, are not associated with one another very often. You talked about speaking to accountants who raved about 
the the speech you gave and, and the, all these ideas. And then you just mentioned the word fun. And it occurs to me that most of us would never equate those two. Have you seen, whether it's accountants or, or another sort of traditionally boring business that that has used some of these ideas. I think it, it'll, it'll help folks who are listening really make it practical and understand how they might be able to put these in place in their business. <laughs> well, some service-based companies. So for instance, there's one company I spoke to, they were called the uh, glass, the glass, the geek glass cleaning company. And so now he talked about literally having his, his employees dress up complete like a geek squad, like Best Buy, and now they're washing houses, dress up like these unbelievable nerds, trying to have fun with it and embrace the name of the company. Um, I mentioned the home builder. They literally, the whole staff did a rap video with them throwing money around a giant pen to it, acting like they're signing the contract with the new home uh, the person buying a home and they send that video to everybody. So right when they buy the home, they agree to it. They send that hilarious rap video with, you know, people in their fifties and sixties and crazy costumes. You know, that's the first impression that this group is fun. They're different. You know, I've talked to landscaping companies and they're thinking about, you know, busting out a, a dance in the middle of the whole landscape area and at their, at their state, uh, at their, uh, their retail spot. When people walk in at the hour, the music goes on and they all just start having fun. Some of this is crazy, but the reality is I think that's the starting point. Even in an accounting office, you know, when you first walk in, is there music being played? Are people being greeted with, with food and drinks? What is that first impression? We actually have a director of first impressions, and that is her whole focus when people walk in to give them this special uh, entrance, and even in the off-season, not during the game. So fun is uh, very tough to, to share, Steve, because some people are really scared of it. But what I say is you have permission to be different. Go ahead and do it. You know, I, I'm a guy who wears a yellow tuxedo literally all the time, seven days a week. I'm, in, I'm in, in the airport when I'm going to give a speech and people are looking at me like I'm crazy. But you know what? Most people just laugh. And if someone has an issue with you having fun and doing something different, it's their issue. It's not yours. And we got to tell everyone that you have permission to have fun and be different. And I'll tell you, it's a lot more rewarding when you do that. All right. Well, Jesse, how can folks find you? Um, how can they find the book? And, and then if they want to connect with you on any of the other things that you're doing, how, how will they best be able to do that? I appreciate it. I, I post every single day, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Jesse Cole, Yellow Tux Guy. And uh, my book's website is findyouryellowtux.com. I actually have a six steps to, uh, to stand out, a free handbook on there as well. But shoot me a note. You know, I love connecting with people in any way I can help. And I'll tell you, I, I truly appreciate what you're doing. I'm a fan of the show. You've had some amazing, amazing guests, and you're really making a difference. So thank you for having me on. Hey, it's been a pleasure. Uh, this has been a fun conversation, and uh, I'm sure we could go on for a long time on all these topics. But uh, uh, I, I got to tell you, there's there's just so much to unpack out of this. And for everybody listening, um, I, I really think that that putting emphasis in these areas, all around experience is one of the most important investments you can make in your business. It's the thing that, that removes you from all this commodity competition nonsense and gives you an opportunity to, to really be successful um, and, uh, and frankly, have a lot of fun doing it along the way. And so I know we, we, we've, uh, we've listened, we, we're talking about how we can do more of this ourselves. And uh, Jesse, thanks for sharing all your ideas today. Um, everybody go to findyouryellowtux.com and, uh, and find the book. And, uh, and you'll find all the links to Jesse's stuff in the show notes on our website at unstoppableceo.net. Jesse, thanks again for being here. Thank you so much, Steve. Thanks for listening to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. 
Help others discover this show. Leave a review and rating on iTunes at unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes.